Uh, my name is Bryce Remsburg. I am a referee for AEW. You are listening to the awesome, electric, amazing, incredible, fantastic Wrestle In Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Ocean Cyclone Show, the all Joshi member of the Wrestle In family. I'm Ryan Dilbert, known as Mr. Dilbert to my students and to my readers as Mr. Pretentious. We have a special mailbag episode for you guys. Um, so we went ahead and brought a giant burlap sack filled with letters. We've dumped them on the floor. We're going to pick them up one by one, answer all your Joshi questions. Helping me tear into that stack is our stardom scholar. And I believe uh, the tallest dude on the Wrestle In crew, Trent Brewer. Trent, are you? am I right on that? Well, I mean, I haven't got the height by height comparisons to everyone mm. else, but whenever we mm. talk about like wrestling and heights and stuff on wrestling, everyone's like, oh, everyone's so tall and I feel so, you know, or like, oh, this really short person makes me feel normal height. And I'm just sitting here going like, dude, like they're all <laughs> short. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't have the measurements, but I, I feel like in a height off, I'm probably winning most battles in wrestling. I'm going to guess. Yeah. And we've seen you on um, Stardom World. Yes, yes, my starring appearance in Stardom. Standing be, as well. So you be get Chris Lee versus uh, Hanakamura, yeah. Yes, yes. So you look tall versus those folks. I mean, I look sure. tall even when I'm sitting. Like, there's another show. It's the Dream Slam in Tokyo 2018. And you can see me in the front row. And, yeah, I'm dwarfing everyone there. Like, I'm even, even easy to spot in that show. So go find me. So that's a fun game. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> Our Hopefully third I'll host. give you more Trent? shows at some point <laughs> where's, um, where's in a Trent? year or two. So, oh, there he is in 2022. Can we just re- rename you Waldo? Also, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hello, random stranger. We haven't I am here. yet, so I, this why is, are you interrupting? <laughs> this is Scott, our third host. He is um, yeah, the man who never whatever. sleeps. The yeah. man who lives uh, 25-hour days, a la Kota Ibushi. Yeah, Scott, exactly. um, Maybe you'd be taller. What's your energy level tonight, Scott? Are you... Zombie, uh, Scott, or I am a zombie. Okay, that's not true. Um, I am not a zombie because I haven't stayed up for any shows as of late, so we're all good. Uh, it's funny because I'm working from home next week, so like I have some time freed up, and then I was asked to be on a podcast that starts at 1 a.m. my time, mm. and I was like, <laughs> Who would do well, that? That had nothing to do with work, like, I, I would be home either way by then uh and did, and what did i do i said yes uh because that's just i keep running i don't know what i'm running on because two days late uh, a day later i'm gonna be staying up for uh what is it flashing champions flashing yes. champions yes. so you know no sleep till whatever the saying is brooklyn apparently well not brooklyn i'm not going to brooklyn so like that's why i said whatever <laughs> that's, the saying that's why he doesn't sleep he's not he doesn't go to brooklyn there's no sleep till brooklyn He's never going exactly. there. So just go yeah, to Brooklyn and get a bed. <laughs> get it. Get it. That's the point of the song, isn't it? I didn't I, actually listen to Beastie Boys that much. I don't know. I, I did, I, but I don't know if I know the point of the song. <laughs> so maybe somebody will help us. This is a wonderful Joshi show already. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this what is Joshi, right? This is what we're all about. To be fair, this is not music analysis. I'm staying up for Stardom show. That's how we got there. So. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, speaking of, the Joshi. Of, of, of Joshi, guys, um, Scott, what is something going on in the Joshi world that you're excited about? Oh, well, we're recording on the 20th here. Uh, or so the 21st, course, if you're in the future, like me. 
Mm. Yeah, if you're if you're Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Uh, oi, oi, oi. That counts. But, you know, I, I'm not. It's the 20th year. So what am I excited for? I'm excited about a show that already just happened. Nomads finally mm. kicked off their, mm. their run as a, I have no idea what to call them. They're not a promotion. They're <laughs> a, a freelance summit. I guess that's what they are. They're the freelance yeah. summit. And, you know, for a first show, it can't create anything but excitement. Uh, so that's easily at the top of my list. Obviously, I'm excited for Flashing Champions, which we have already seen by the time people hear this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you want to see my thoughts, you probably should just check my Twitter or whatever podcasts I have done by then. Uh, <laughs> Plugging it already. I got to plug everything. I got to I gotta do it throughout the show. Otherwise, if I try to do it all at once, we'll go another 20 minutes. Uh, oh, and since today is the 20th here in the United States, I want to shout out Arisa Shiki, who retired two years ago to the day today. Mm-hmm. Uh, one mm-hmm. of one of the true prodigies of professional wrestling, 151 matches to her career, and she left one of the biggest marks you can in that amount of matches. Truly, truly a special talent and one that we all dearly miss. And and if you haven't bought it yet, you should buy Bagus on Fight TV, the Hanakamura celebration of sorts, uh, which, of course, happens on the 23rd. But if you didn't buy it, buy it now. Uh, because that money's going to Kyoko Kimura and she deserves all of it. So those are all my little things I'm excited Plenty. for or yeah. celebrating, you know, so on and so forth. No, I can't see anything on you or your end. Uh, look, even though I'm the lone Aussie here, as opposed to the Americans in the uh, podcast, I was going to say audience, but I don't know. There's probably people outside of America listening, maybe. Um, I'm actually excited for the American Joshi scene. Because not that long ago, we've had a couple of announcements. We've got Yuka Sakazaki appearing in Pro Wrestling Gorilla in an all jo- in an all women's match, which is very rare over there. And Deadlock Pro are running Miyuki Takase versus Miyu Yamashita. So, oh God, like, I don't know. Yeah, everyone like arguably America is doing Joshi I like to think better than Japan right now. Hmm? I like to think Deadlock Pro booked for me. On that one. Are you going said, to North Carolina? No, I'm not going to. I don't have that time. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a 10 hour drive and I'm not buying a plane ticket. It, had it been like more than three weeks away, I mm. could have made that happen. But mm. Come on, like three weeks away. It didn't give me enough time. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to cost you to come back over so I can make that work because yeah, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, if you hear me ever talk, I'm a fan. <laughs> I presume they've heard you talk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If they got to this point in the podcast, if they skipped to that point, that's the first time I've heard you. I actually want to applaud them. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the yes, Takasi, I'm, um, I'm sorry. The Takasi Yamashita match is happening on a um a trip that's been planned for like a year. Mm. And if I were to skip the trip uh, I might ruin the marriage. You'd have a better time. Oh, but I'm still considering it. <laughs> Yamashita is literally appearing everywhere, but Every- where Ryan is in America, and nowhere near. Yeah, she's just staying away. North so Carolina far. is the closest. So, so far, yeah. true. So far, yeah. She keeps dropping these. Oh, actually, I'm appearing in this show now. So who knows? Maybe she'll appear in what is it, Texas Pro or something? Yeah, New Texas Pro. Um, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, maybe um, show Booker T and Title Match Wrestling also do like a ladies' night out, like all women's show. Mm. That bring her on there. Mm. Um, 
Thank you very much. Yeah, let's do You still that. got more chance of seeing her than I do in your respective country, so. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, our country happens to be way too big sometimes. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's in our country, but it's six hours away via plane. <laughs> my so my pity like, knows no bounds, guys. My he lives, in a, he lives in a large one too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. But, I'm on a dead end island. No you know one who comes you have? You Not got, even um, local bands come down here. You got, like the best Australian band, just like no, we're just doing the mainland. <laughs> Sounds like a you problem. Uh, yeah. Sounds like an everyone but it's me a problem. It's a pity party here. Um, <laughs> I want to just shout out uh, <laughs> the the catch the wave tournament. Mm. I don't know if you guys have been watching that, but like. I watched I watched all the matches I, I can on that. Um, that day one is really good, and I didn't really know about. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher her name. I'm trying my best. Uh, Kohaku. Oh, no, that's right. I, that's right. I didn't know her, and I've seen two matches of hers, and I'm already like, okay, big fan. I'm sign you know sign me up. <laughs> like she's 21, yeah. kicking ass. Like, yeah, and like great. short, like little Shoko Nakajima situation. Yeah, you know what's the <laughs> crazy thing about Kohaku? It's like. When she was in Marvelous, she didn't. So she was behind Mio Momono and Rin Katakura and Takumi Roja and Maria. Even she was behind mm. all of them, so she didn't get the she didn't get to shine as much as she does now in Wave. And oh, and Meiho Shizuki as well. So now it's like really cool to see her be as good as she you know mm-hmm. show that she's that good. Uh, I've heard comparisons to like Kaori Onayama when she was in her prime. You know, because they have like the gear and kind of the same style, you know, kind of high speed, but hard hitting. So, yeah, Kohaku's great. I just wanted to butt in there because I agree. We're on the, we're on the I same mean, page. And you're, you're well and truly on the wave as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I catch the wave every single week. Yes. Until nice. Yeah. They yeah. push me off. <laughs> until you hit the rip or I don't know, I'm losing, I'm losing this analog. Yeah, I don't think we know no. enough uh, surf, surfer terminology. I used to bodyboard, um, but yeah, I stopped mm. because the water was too cold. So you can see my dedication levels. <laughs> don't you have all the kind of crazy man-eating creatures in your waters it's as well? Too, where I am, it's too cold for them. Mm. <laughs> they they, don't they, like they it either. pop up in the Queensland and New South Wales mm. water where it's a bit warmer. Well, um, that's, that's a bonus. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay, before we... Uh, Dive into these questions. We got a lot of good ones. Ah, dive, sir. Nice. Oh, I didn't mean, I didn't mean that one. Uh, let's talk to Patreon, y'all. Um, if you sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash Russell in, that's Russell I-N-N. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to Flight of Five, which is a very handsome host, um, and Noob Japan. As <laughs> well handsome as... <laughs> no comment. As access... You get access to uh, into the Wrestleverse. Trent is on the there. Kieran is on there. They're the tallest too. Um, that and one is only on only on the Patreon. So if you want to hear them, it's our like funniest yeah. on like, pay per view, like, baby. Pay per view. That's right. So subscribe, rate, support. Let's do that. Uh, let me pull up these questions for us. I had nothing to do with any of those. So well, you can the questions? You can join. I. I... <laughs> Not the question. <laughs> the, the shows that you Uh-oh. just gave fucks to. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not part of that. Both of you are, but I'm not. No, no, you've got like 14 other podcasts to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. It's fine. 
some <laughs> some of us accidentally stay busy. I, I, mm. I have to work really hard to stay busy. And even then I'm lazy. So hey, hey, you're right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we're all set here. I had to wait for everything to load up again. We got a question from Corey. Thank you, Corey. He asked us, uh, which Joshi wrestlers do you currently feel could be the next big star in wrestling as a whole if given the ball to run with? Uh, Trent, do you have a, someone in mind for that? This is such an interesting question because, like, th- for me, what I'm kind of asking myself when I look at this is what counts as being a big star? Are we talking a big star in Japan or are we talking like potentially reaching out globally? Because you look at like your Julia's and your Tamihaya Shishida's and you're like, well, they're big stars right now in Japan. But like in terms of like global presence, they're still, you know, getting to that point. And when given the ball and given the chance to really shine, I think most of us here would probably say, yeah, they're going to be big stars if given the opportunity. Um, again, like Maki Ito is another one where you look at it and it's like, well, she's starting to grow her brand globally. She's not the biggest name in Japan in terms of overall, but between now and global, like she's got a lot of growth potential. So in terms of saying what the next big name could be, it's all semantics in a lot of ways. Um, but if I'm going to try and go off the board a little bit, um, I really think Yuna Mizumori, who is Gato Move Choco Pro, um, she's starting to get a chance to showcase herself in stardom. Uh, she was on the in the Battle Royal and she's done the New Blood show. And her personality is just so damn infectious. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to be a big, big name, but I think that's someone who could really break out and draw in a lot of fans, not only domestically, but if given the chance to maybe do a bit of an American tour, whether it's doing stuff for AEW or just independent stuff, uh, I could see her really kind of surprising a lot of people because she's not like when you first look at her, you don't necessarily think, oh, you are a star immediately. She's not a Julia in that respect. But as soon as she gets a chance to showcase what she's like, um, it's hard not to fall in love with what she does. Ooh, okay. Scott, you have you have a next big star yeah no one should judge yuna mizumori off of just new blood too i'll say that Mm. because i think a lot of people will which is unfair Mm. uh okay Mm. next big star kind of like what trent was saying it's like where where do we go here because obviously if you mean give the ball say utami was to go to wwe or AEW or something like that yeah obviously she would be the biggest freaking star in the in wrestling but she what came in? Did she come in second? I think on PWI's list uh, last year, right behind Bianca. It was Belair. very high, yeah. Yeah, mm. so like she's kind of already there. So I'm not going to count her. Not going to count Julia. Not going to count Mayu. Um, I'm going to kind of do what Trent did. Go off the board a little bit. There's so many like great options, right? Uh, I'm going to go Suzu Suzuki. I. Yeah. I often go to Suzu a lot of the time when it comes to conversations of who's, you know, a mega star that if they're in the promotion to be that, they will be. Mm. Suzu Suzuki isn't part of the stardom roster, but anytime she's on a show, she feels like one of their biggest stars already. She's 19 years old, 19 years old, and she is as close to, she's the definition of a prodigy for a reason. Uh, You put her in any format, she's going to make fans. She has the charisma. She's a badass, so that never hurts, obviously. That's kind of with the Julia thing. 
You know, Julia is a badass, and that's why I think a lot of people believe that with Julia too. But Suzu just does everything right, and yeah. I think she by far would be my pick for uh, the star. If you even if she went to stardom full time, I think she would become, you know, top star in that company. And as stardom begins to or continues to grow, she would too. The, the only thing stopping her from becoming a big star is her own ambitions to do what she wants to do. Yeah. Because, you know, Joshi Deathmatch and Intergender Deathmatch have a very, you know, a very distinct ceiling. And if that's what you're focusing on, you're not going to necessarily break through because people just don't want to see that kind of thing. Um, but if Suzu wants to do that and then also do, I guess, the more quote-unquote traditional professional wrestling style, yeah, it is literally just the limit of, where she's performing. If you want to go to stardom, I feel like Rossi would be getting his checkbook out tomorrow. Um, but if he wants to perform, if she wants to perform in TJPW or even go to AEW, you'd be stupid not to be signing her and utilizing her to the best of her abilities. But she knows she can do all this stuff and then primarily work with prominence. So good on her, honestly. Like if I was that talented and that young, because yeah, she can do prominence, you know, do that for mm. a year or two. If it doesn't work, she's what, 21? So she's still got so many years ahead of her. 19. Yeah. So, yeah, her trajectory is, like, through the roof. If she's already this good, mm. more experience under her belt. But, like, she's having fun. She's living her best life. So where that takes her, we don't – I don't know. Um, you guys both went off the board. I went I went very much on the board. And I just said Julia, who you both mentioned. Because to me, if you're going to be a big star, you just – star presence it factor all these things that like doesn't matter what language you speak or where you come from you just attract people mm. julia does that like better than a lot of folks and then i mean she's sort of middle of the pack work rate in terms of stardom wrestlers but if she went to AEW, she'd be like i mean who's better than her like she's yeah. so much better than Britt baker or somebody and there's all these debates like oh um is AEW women's division better or wwe and i feel like you just Guys, you don't know how awesome all these Joshi wrestlers are. That your your expectations are low. Mm. Julia kick all of their asses, and Julia is not even, you know, one of the best workers on that. But anyway, she got that worker side. She got the star side, and she has this photo shoot um, magazine cover look too. That doesn't hurt. So, so me, total package. Yeah, I mean, I think that's almost why Scott and I were hesitant to say her because it's almost like the the front and centre choice. Like whenever you show someone stardom for the first time or they're looking into the promotion, whenever Julia comes across her, oh, wait, who's that? You know, she's got that instant star appeal. And I think what really is quite exciting about her in terms of what she could end up doing as in terms of drawing fans is to me she's got that appeal like, a lot of people look at Joshi and unfortunately it gets the stereotype of being fetishized and like men watch yeah. it because, you know, Japanese women. Um, but Julia to me is someone who will appeal to both men and women who are just looking for that kind of cool badass that they can get behind and almost feel like, yeah, you represent women and what they are capable of. Because she comes across and she doesn't present herself as being an overly sexualized character. No. It's almost like she can't help but be, you know, just cool in that regard. And so I think as she her star continues to grow, people are going to be drawn to her regardless of whether they're attracted to her uh, gender or not. Um, and that's going to be key because, like, the big complaint is, you know, 
a lot of Joshi is still very male dominated in terms of the fan base. But you get people like Utami and people like Julia coming across who are going to draw in fans from all demographics. That's where you start to bring in a total package that, yeah, you open up the doors and then some to bigger and bigger chances to grow. Absolutely. Yeah, I just took them. I took the safe, the safe bet. Um, well, we needed I, that because if no one listed her, you'd be like, guys, how do you not say Julia? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think we've covered some good bases there. Hmm. Um, and we have a nice fat batch of questions here from Alex. Last word on sports writer, one of the one of the top Joshi um, coverage person peoples in the world. Yeah, um, gave the whole job to me that damn. I did what? <laughs> uh, for last word, he you know kind of is like semi-retired, so he made me. Oh, he awesome. is. Mm. <laughs> From last, You've taken word, over. He does. He does everything. He's doing else. other stuff, huh? Yeah. Okay. He does everything else. Okay. Um, he Alex. started off. He started off with a really um, tough one here. If you were starting a company from scratch, who would you build around as ace? Your choices are Prime Manami Toyota, Prime Aja Kong, Prime Akira Hokuto. A non-broken Arisha, Arisa Hoshiki, who fulfilled her full potential. Prime Io Shirai. That's one, two, three, four, five all-time greats. Like, where do you go? Um, he did this for me. I know this for a fact. <laughs> I was like, no, he didn't do this exact question for me. But I was like, bring up Arisa so I could talk about Arisa. And what he happened to do was give me the toughest question possible. Mm. That is now going to make me think way too much obviously because like you said all timers here uh I answer, i've answered a question like this before not necessarily all these people um it was mo- i think it was all like 90s joshi and my pick had been aja kong actually because of her uniqueness you know you can't there's only one aja kong right no. obviously akira hokuto is dangerous queen hard to beat Iwa shirai who's the fifth person Manami toyota uh, my, my- so you're in the first one, yeah. yeah. I, I it clicked for me for a second. <laughs> so there's like so many options here. Smart brain, not you know, we're recording this again on the 20th of May. Motions are high, people. You're <laughs> getting me. Uh so smart pick for me is like you know, Azra Khan, one of the legends, blah 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 blah. Io Shirai, maybe heart pick. <laughs> we're going heart pick here we're going really- <laughs> because because. Because the idea of her healthy and only getting better is mm-hmm. one of the most interesting ideas to me. Because one, she had that when she had the it factor, obviously mm. she was tall. Like, you know, she had all she had everything you could ask for in a wrestler. Go. She sings wonderfully. She was the most talented human being possible. And she just happened to kick ass in the ring again. 151 matches. That's it. That's all she had. That's all she had in her career to make a mark that I think all of us as fans will never forget. Again, I understand what I'm doing here. I'm understanding I'm passing up on three legends. And if there was a hall of fame, all four would be in there. You know, I don't call Yoshirai a legend yet because she's still wrestling. I understand that, but I'm just going to go with the fun choice for me because of how much I love Arisa, but Smart choice says Asha Kong. <laughs> but I'm picking Arisa Shiki because she's the full package. And mm. just the idea of her in her prime, fully, pretty much, you know, fully learning wrestling. That's the craziest part. She, again, she 
has like 20 or 30 more matches than Ami Saray, who we call a rookie in professional wrestling. That's it. Mm-hmm. So just the idea that one, she could finish that reign and what, imagine what she'd be doing now for stardom if she was around yeah. and how popular it is. she would be. I don't want to say she'd be the ace, but she'd be right there. And mm-hmm. I just like, I just like the idea of the, that and it's more fun for me if i say it and not you know the usual i feel that um you're banking on potential and like a trajectory like where they where she would go um but i guess i tried to answer the question in the sense like okay it's my money i'm investing it i have this one million you know however many millions of dollars so i'm trying to go with as as a brain pick as possible so i went manami toyota Everything you're saying about Aja Kong is true. And I thought about her for a long time. But so many people's best match on this list and all the like top Joshis in the 90s, their best match of their career was against her. Like she brought up people's best. So I'm feeling very good about that. Um, and she's a real great baby face who you want to pull for, which I think is it's it's tough to find that. Like it's it might be easier to to find a good heel, but like someone you genuinely pull for and you care about whether they win or lose. Manami Toyota was one of the best at that ever. So I, that's kind of, I'm going two kind of obvious answers so far. I'm the obvious guy, but um, I just feel like that's what I got to do it. Look, uh, Ron, if it makes you feel you any better. You say obvious, we say smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I say you're incredibly smart, Ron, because Manami Toyota is my pick as well. Um, I look at it with, when you're looking at this list, and obviously, you know, I, I agree with Scott, like it, you want to pick a Risa because you want to make that, possible you want to see what the fully healthy prime peak arisa hoshiki reaches but for me i'll look at it in basketball terms are you going to pick len bias who had all of potential in the world you were super excited to see what could happen but you never got to see it because of unfortunate outside circumstances well i got oh. to see arisa hoshiki at her best thank you she has multiple all-timers so i don't want to hear that comparison <laughs> Len Bias didn't make it to the league, buddy. But you knew he was going to be an amazing. Yeah, he's no, going I to didn't. Be a massive, he could have flopped. Deal. He could have flopped right yeah. on the face. That's how basketball works. Uh, no, I, no, I, I don't like this comparison. Not one bit. Let me finish my comparison, please. No. Nope. <laughs> you could go with the Len Bias, who has amazing potential, and you've seen reason to believe in that potential, Scott. Or you can pick Michael Jordan who has proven himself to be the greatest of all time in his respective field. And for me, Manami Toyota is basically in that spot. Yeah, you could go potential, but you've seen what... If you want to pick the greatest of all time, why'd you pick her? Pardon? (laughs) If you want to pick the greatest of all time, why'd you pick her? Because Jungle Kiona wasn't on the board. Oh, okay, okay. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) You got me. You got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not part of the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will force Kiana into any conversation, like I'll force NBA into any conversation. But yeah, for me, like you've seen what peak Manami Toyota can actually reach and achieve and produce. You know, she was part of the greatest Joshi period of all time, like a few other people in here. But I agree with Ryan, like if I'm going to build a, a promotion from scratch, what I really want to start with is going to be that baby face that people can get behind. Because that's kind of, you know, ultimately your baby face is going to sell the tickets. You can bring heels in, you can get them involved, but the person that's generally going to produce the most money is going to be that face that they get behind. Your Hiroshi Tanahashi's, your Antonio Inoki's, your Hulk Hogan's, your Stone Cold Steve Austin's. And I think Manami Toyota, if you get her into this position as your number one baby face starting promotion, not only are you getting 
so many great matches with just about anything you could chuck at her, but you're getting that, you know, top star baby face that you can sell your promotion off. So the heart says Arisa, but I'm going to be the shrewd, you know, businessman mm. and go with the proven commodity that's already done it. Yeah, Scott's been outvoted here. So I'm used two to, to one. It, but that's what happens when you're right. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, we got another one from Alex. Does Kyrie win a championship in this run with stardom? I'd like to take a crack at it first and say no. Oh, because I don't think she just because she doesn't need it, right? Like she's a special match right now. Any match mm. she does is this big deal. There's all this buzz around her. I, I don't you don't you don't need to do it. You put the title on somebody else, make her a big attraction. That's where I'm going. Um, Scott, are you with me on this one? No, I think she wins the belt. Oh, I could, you know, I could be wrong, but it does feel like she's going to get a belt. And, you know, we have the five-star GP announcements and there's this little hint of a special guest. What does okay. special guest mean? Special guest could be whatever the hell they want it to be. It mm. could be someone like a Takumi Roja again. It could be a Western wrestler. It could be whoever they want. Gut feeling as soon as I saw it, was Kyrie. You can call her whatever you want. She can be a special guest. She can be X. She's the type of person you save that announcement for, not just in a video. You don't just put that in a video. It's Kyrie, right? And if Kyrie is in the five-star Grand Prix, I don't know how she's not winning the five-star Grand Prix. That's that's where I'm at mentally right now. And if she wins the five-star Grand Prix, she gets a title match. What title match? Where does she go? You never know. I just have a hunch that somewhere, depending on how long this reign goes, she does win a title because she's Kyrie. Because you want that big name on top, whether no matter the title, you want that big name on top, even if it's for three months, which I could see happen. Mm-hmm. But it's a big name. It's a big moment, um, and a way to you know her give someone a big win in the end, which she could still do without the title, obviously, because she's Kyrie. But I don't know, even bigger. Yeah, for me, right. like, obviously the big question is how uh, how much is she working in stardom? Is she doing full-time? Is she going on the road for the random little weekend shows? Is she just doing curricans and pay-per-views? We haven't really got a good idea of that because she's done her two matches and then she busted her eardrum. So we haven't seen what, you know, full effort Kyrie is. You guys are seemingly talking about all the big titles, but let's not forget there's an artist of stardom championship which they'll just randomly chuck on. They've been doing a good job of making that belt kind of kind of worth something with the recent reigns of Cosmic mm-hmm. Angels and my Himmerboy. But I could totally see Kyrie and a couple of people having like a couple a little three month reign just to you know lift the wrestlers up who are alongside her, give her something to do that's not a main event picture thing, but still worth something. Because if you're bringing Kyrie in, especially if she's not on every single show, she's kind of has to be involved in something important. But you give it an artist stardom championship. You're giving those kind of chances. You're lifting up everyone involved, and you're lifting up people who may not necessarily be, you know, like the the first matches she's done: Starlight Kid, uh, Tam Nakano, and uh, Inagi Sayaka. Obviously, she's working with Miri Amasaki as well in the. Um, future match that you guys will have already seen when you're listening to this, but you can pair up with like a Saya Eater and that's just a massive boost just by merit of being involved in, in a tag team with her. So yes, obviously I could see her winning a white or a red belt, but if she's doing something for any kind of length and, you know, density, 
I'd be shocked if she doesn't at least hold like an artist championship or even the SWA title once foreigners are more involved and you have special attraction matches using that. There's too many championships in stardom for not to stumble into one of them, I think. Yeah, I didn't factor in that stardom has like 45 championships. Um, <laughs> so I might change my mind here. Uh, but yeah, because when I read the question, I in my head, I'm thinking red belt, white belt. Mm, yeah. But it just says a championship. Mm. Um, that's, like I said, more likely, but... Not guaranteed, but yeah. I'd be shocked. And then, yeah, is she? how much is going to be around? That's going to be a big a big thing. Mm. So we'll see. Um, so I'm outnumbered there. So I'm, I'm, I'm the smart one this time. <laughs> Fine. That's, I feel good. And we have... I'm happy you admitted it. Thank you. <laughs> Alex also asked... Can Ice Ribbon recover from the recent string of departures and close the gap to Tokyo Joshi Pro and stardom? Uh, let's start, Scott. Any ideas on Ice Ribbon and their, what's going on there? I have thoughts. <laughs> I have many thoughts. Okay. That's kind Get of yourself in trouble, Scott. No, 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 no. It's kind of a two-part because, you know, can they bounce back and can they reach TJPW and stardom? Yeah, very two different. big halves. Yes. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. I think one of those halves, no. I don't think they can reach. I they de- they can't reach star. Let's just be. We got to be frank on that one. That's not happening. They have way too much to rebuild right now. But do I think they can bounce back? Absolutely, I do. They've done this before. They've had the Exodus. Of course, they had a Sukasa Fujimoto to carry the torch. Mm-hmm. But you just got to make wrestlers. You have a solid crew there. You have Asahi. You have Biki Hoshi, who I think are your main two going forward. You got freelancers that are coming into work with them, which auto- automatically is a big help. I mean, I think Yuki Takase was just on one of their shows. Mayuki, he does their shows, Rini Yamashita, so on and so forth. You have names to fill cards and also give help to these younger wrestlers. So, yes, I do think they can bounce back. I think that's very possible. It's going to take some time, obviously, but they can bounce back. Do I think they reach TJPW or stardom levels anytime soon? No, I don't. I, I, it's just, it's wishful thinking, obviously, but yeah. I just don't see it happening. Um, I think if nomads or something like that wanted to become a company or promotion on its own, that could get, try to get to that level. Cause it has the talent already. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard to think they can touch that level without, Sakushi and Fujimoto there to help ride that wave. You, are, you already lost prominence in Yukihi. That was that mm-hmm. was tough flows. Tekla. Once you lost them, it was already tough. We were already talking about, oh man, they're you know they're in a tough spot, but they had those two. Now they don't. So they're gonna rebuild. They have talent. They're just all very young and very green. So they'll get back to you know maybe they can get back to the number three Joshi promotion in japan i think that's possible but there's going to be a lot of factors in the next year or so that decides that for them and i think that's the biggest issue when you're looking at this is if you're comparing can ice ribbon uh, rebound and get to the point where stardom and tjpw are at now i think that's tough but when you look at the fact that both tjpw and especially stardom are continuing to grow and grow quite big by the time Ice Ribbon have kind of got their own talent up to a point where they can start really doing numbers, who knows how much further these other promotions have already reached. 
you know, like I think the sheer fact that they're continuing despite all of this shows that there's a desire and a dedication to make Ice Ribbon work in 2022 and beyond. And because of that, and because of that alone, I believe, yeah, it can rebound because the people there want to make it work. But they're chasing something that's so far off and continuing to grow. If stardom had sort of reached its apex and was now stagnating, it would give us kind of a, a point of comparison to reach. But say in three years, if Ice Ribbon have kind of rebounded to where they were a, you know, a year or two ago, how much further is stardom ahead by that point? Yeah, you know, we're, we're constantly talking about you know, stardom's growth. It's only continuing. And they still haven't reached their full potential because their talent is still growing and still young and still building itself up. And their potential hasn't been seen because they've had restrictions on crowds, um, how much they can cheer and the full breadth that they can reach. So... Yes, they can rebound. Can they reach what TJPW and Stardom are doing? I don't think so. Yeah, and I want to say I, I want them to do well. I'm rooting for Ice Ribbon. Like, they're one of my, like, sentimental favorites. And, like, it's been just gut-wrenching to see the two waves of, of exit, entrance. Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> Departures here. <laughs> like, you, I'm getting into it, and they're like, okay, well, um, Yuki is gone. Suzuki's gone. Okay, okay, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And then Fujimoto's gone, guys. Oh, um, mm. it's gonna take a long time and be like a very patience testing situation. But I do think they can they could do well. But I guess the side question is I got a crazy taste what up. what number are they now? Stardom one, Tokyo Joshi two. Are they like number five? It's definitely an interesting question because you gotta think of like how visible certain companies are. Because Ice Ribbon is very visible. You got Club Ice Ribbon on YouTube. You got Nico Pro. You got, uh, I think it's Kips or something, where their pay-per-views go on. So there's ways to get there, obviously. It's just they, they're they so behind now, but they have that ability to be seen, which does wonders. And it's a great time to get into Ice Ribbon. It's a restart, you know? You can, you can grow with these wrestlers. You can be that person who says, I was a fan of them when they were just starting out. When everyone gave up on Ice Ribbon, yeah, I was exactly. there. But like Marvelous, I still don't. I think Ice Ribbon's probably still ahead of them because they just the way they run and how little they run. Um, mm. I love Sendai Girls. It's probably my second favorite, third favorite Joshi promotion. It depends on the day. But they only have a roster of six. Mm. Like they have, they don't have a big roster. And their shows obviously are on YouTube, which is great, but they're on a month delay. So it's like, it's hard to give them, you know, they're probably ahead right now just because of the talent they have at the top. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's a six person roster, but it's a good six person roster. <laughs> um, and I think Marvel's could get there, but right now it's just like, you don't see them enough. Yeah, they're probably fifth or so. I think waves ahead of them now. Um, I think they've gained a lot I'm of thinking, yeah. this year. Again, Nomads is like the biggest question mark right now because it's like, well, what are they? Who are they? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Um, you know, I got to give love to like Gato Move. They, they're watched every single week. Obviously, it's a very different taste of Joshi, but it's mm. Joshi nonetheless. And, of course, they're getting back into rings. So mm -hmm. that gives them, like, if anyone's like, well, they're not in rings. Well, no, no, now they are. They are again. So that's awesome. And then, you know, Seedling as well. I think Seedling's probably ahead of them, despite another small roster. So, yeah, okay. I think fifth or sixth is yeah. their spot. But I they think can, we're on the same they page. Can get back. They can get back. I think their name recognition 
is probably keeping them afloat a little bit in this initial discussion because obviously they've taken a lot of hits, but anyone who's got that kind of passing interest in Joshi, even if they don't watch Ice Ribbon, have probably heard of them because I know when I was getting into Joshi back in 2017, 2016, everyone was kind of saying, oh, okay, Salem's good and all, but don't forget about Ice Ribbon. You know, they're kind of the promotions. If you want to start properly getting to Joshi, you start with them. And I think a lot of people who were getting into it over the years was hearing that. So even though they've obviously suffered from a lot of departures, they have that name brand. So like when you're talking about, you know, recognizability and, you know, visibility, they still have that. So if they can rebound quickly and maybe one of these young talents really steps up, um, that'll help. I think, yeah, fifth or sixth is probably fair. It's so hard to judge because we're not in Japan. And we're even if we try and sort of, get in touch with the Japanese fan base, you're only working with limited amounts. Um, That's true. Coming from yeah. a Western perspective. You know, you mentioned Gato Move, obviously, you know, is back in rings and doing decent numbers. But like, the, you know, the actual in-ring performances, it's still, they're, they're small venues. You know, Itabashi, Green Hall, they sold it out in 30 minutes. That's great. It only holds 140, 130 people. So like, it's a very like, okay, well, you look at that and you look at the numbers Ice Ribbon are doing, they're still doing okay numbers at like Currican Hall and whatnot. So it depends what your metrics are. Mm. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm rooting for them. I, ho- I hope that hope they shoot back up the rankings there. Mm. And then like we see some new stars. I don't know how Japan does it, but they have so many damn good wrestlers all over the place. It's like not fair. That small, that size of a country. But keep doing it, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> keep, please. <laughs> You're my jam. Okay. Um, we got another on the kind of the other end of the spectrum from Alex. Do you believe stardom would ever reach the heights? of ajw i'm going to start with trent or optimist i think yeah it's it's one of those things where you're looking at like what what is stardom's potential and like right now like you if you ask can they run tokyo dome right now and get really good numbers you're not going to really say yes because you look at the numbers they're drawing at max it's about three thousand or so with nippon budokan and Ryugoku hall but obviously then you've you've got the the fan restrictions and they can't cheer and there's limits on how many people can be attending certain venues and just the concerns of going out at these you know i've got a friend or two in japan and they've talked about how their wrestling friends still are a bit hesitant to go to shows because of the covid situation so it's hard to know just what their full potential is can they reach ajw if everything goes right yeah, because unfortunately, stardom every few years kind of has to clean house and something happens and they lose a couple of key wrestlers. If they can keep this core through and really find the full potential of these wrestlers, if their growth continues to go upwards at the kind of trajectory they have, I think they can get close. Um, but I think it's so easy to miss because if you weren't watching back then, and hey, I wasn't watching back then either, just how big AJW actually was. You know, like people talk about, oh, yeah, AJW is the heart of Joshi wrestling. But if you don't, if you haven't really invested in and looked at the kind of stuff they were doing, you don't realize just how big they actually were. And for Stardom to reach that, it's going to be a five to 10 year journey of continual upgrowth, of continual success and continual good luck. I think, to really reach that level. We're not going to know until they can start doing Ryugoku and Nippon Budokan with full levels. Once they start filling that out, they can start looking at Tokyo Dome and start, you know, looking at the kind of impact they have. Of all the Joshi promotions, obviously, Stardom's the closest, um, but it's it's a long way off. But it's possible. Scott, you agree? If you watch, like, an AJW show and just think back to the numbers they were doing, 
and where they were able to reach it's like you just think about it for a second you're like that's asking for a lot it's asking for a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think i think trent hit it on the head you need a lot of things to go right obviously the current trajectory kind of says it's possible no doubt but you do have that scary part of people are gonna leave you know people are gonna retire Tam Nakano, you know, we're kind of, we're legitimately counting down days almost with Tam Nakano. Like, that's just the reality of it. She said last year, this is her last little run here, whether it be a year, year and a half. Obviously, they have the young talent that that will be okay, one loss. But then you have, it builds, it builds. So can they? optimist in me says yeah hell yeah they can Hmm. but you need a lot of things to go right you need their you need their growth to not only continue in japan which is you know they're getting biggest uh biggest crowd after biggest crowd compared to even new japan that's what that's what we're doing right now obviously their core not every cork and hall is going to be a home run because they run tokyo so much but that's kind of how Tokyo's feeling right now for all promotions. Mm. They're a little dried out. You know, it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of wrestling. So when that open, when everything opens up, we'll get a better, we'll get a clearer answer. But they have the stars to do it. They do. If you ever hear Dave Meltzer talk about it, it's like, yeah, you know, they have this roster where, sure, you, you can look at them and you're like, oh, you know, they're, they got the look, but they're really good in the ring. Like they, they could stand. He would know. He's been to these AJW shows. He's mm-hmm. seen a lot of them. So I do look to what Meltzer says a lot on these certain things. Obviously, people take what he says about certain Joshi with a grain of salt. But he was around for that. So you mm-hmm. kind of want to listen. And he's like, well, you know, can they be that big? I don't know. But they have the talent. And if they keep building the talent, and if young stars like Hanan and the sisters – and Azumi and you know so on, so on and so forth. All these you know young wrestlers continue to build upon where they're at now. The sky's the limit. You add that that crew to Utami Hayashida and Julia and Mayu Utani and Sayakamatani and so on and so forth. You have a shot. You do have a shot. You just need wrestlers to wrestle for a long period of time, which Joshi and Stardom. It's it's hard to hope for it does feel like they have a roster that wants to stick around. You just don't, you just need to keep building stars, keep bringing people in. You know, I think a lot of us do believe a Suzu Suzuki might sign down the road, uh, but you need more than just one sign. You need multiple signs. And I think they can get that. I think they can. So right now it's like, let's pump the brakes. But at the same time, it's like, keep that train going, right? Like the, the train of stardom is going fast and it's, going quick and they're having pay-per-views once a month and it's exciting if they can continue this i'm not gonna doubt them yeah i think i think i'm with you guys both we're like in a really special time i think we're gonna look back at this run and stardom and be like they were just hitting on all cylinders this was awesome um and their roster is so deep like you got so many top level stars but then like you said all these young people going up too it's it's hard to look back because you look at Aja Kong and Manama Toyota and you have this like, oh, they're legends and like they're all timers. You've seen everything they've done and you can kind of, you, you know what that package was. We don't know what some of these folks, what their career is going to be yet. 
but I, and it's hard to it feels sacrilegious to say that they would be as good as those wrestlers. But just because somebody's new doesn't mean or or current doesn't mean it could be as good as someone in the past. Um, would I bet money on it? I don't know. Um, I'm not a betting person, but um, I think I'm you as optimistic pretty as good you guys. Odds to, I think to put yeah. that kind of thing, there's just yeah. too many variables to say with any certainty. It's got to be a hopeful thing. And yeah, look, it's kind of awkward because you look back at like with the 90s with the Attitude Era and people talking about, you know, it's the golden era. So much was happening that, you know, they kind of want to replicate, but it's a different time. You know, all that wrestling was super popular. It was in the mainstream and pop culture. Uh, you know, can wrestling get back to that? And it's kind of the same argument with stardom. Can they, yeah, the, the environment's different for them to succeed than what AJW was back in that period. But they got the talent, you know? Yeah. Right. So that's half the if- battle. I've heard this conversation before, but if they can get the female demographic to really buy in on them, mm. they can reach that. Because if you watch those AJW shows, it you know it's split. It's it's very yeah. that's something that it's it, you know it's obviously very hard to get, but you see more and more girls in the crowds for these stardom shows, and that's mm. really cool because you know when Tommy Hayashida is giving her rose, that makes that not only makes you know potential fans but it makes future wrestlers as well because Mm. of those moments so it's cool to see that happen more and more and i think you know if they can continue to bring everyone in not only in japan around the world but if you can bring in no matter the gender and you can just really make people fans and hell yeah you have a shot yeah i mean yeah stardom's running at number three pushing on number two in japan right now and their demographic and fan base is still wildly favoring men you look at the other two promotions new japan and dragon gate their fan bases are far more evenly split they get a much bigger Mm -hmm. number of women compared to men coming through in the ratio that's what stardom really do need to clock in on to get to make up that difference say to new japan and also to make up that difference ajw yeah i I think we're we're all positive thinking that way we can Um, agree as well that's amazing there we go first first time (laughs) we got a tra- question from Brent Truard, hmm. who asked, why will Jungle Kiona go down as one of the all-time greats? Hmm. Um, Trent, you want to start there? I know you're... I, am, I, am I right in remembering that you're a Jungle fan? Look, there, there are accusations that get slung my way every now and again, but... Uh, <laughs> he better I am start. A, <laughs> I am something of a Jungle Kiona fan. Uh, I'm not here to deny those allegations. Um I, I do understand where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever this Brent is, like, incredibly smart. Like, not a lot of people talk about how good Jungle actually is and where she goes down in the all-time greats. So, you know, taking, putting the neck out there, but good on you, Brent. You're an incredibly smart and handsome man. Wow. You don't even um, know what he looks like. I, I just have a feeling. Just, just, you know, jungle fans tend sounds, to... Yeah. sounds handsome. Okay. Yeah, so just the he, way he writes. So the, your answer was yes, she will. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's not lie. I agree with Brent. Let's stop lying, Trillard. people. Let's oh stop lying. She never won a title that mattered. Okay. She never did. It's just the truth. She was she was really good at being a failure. Right. Oh, right. I wasn't going to go that far. Especially in her hometown. Especially in her hometown. Yeah. Uh, seriously, if we're talking all time greats, I mean, let's not get crazy here. But I will give her credit. She's one of the best fan favorite underdogs not only joshi scene but wrestling scene like there's a reason every time you do a podcast with me scott i drag you into praising jungle kiana (laughs) there's a reason people love 
Jungle Kiona. It's not just small. Trent. And it's not just Brent Trent, right? It's not the. It's not just the same person over here. A lot of people adore Jungle Kiona, and I can respect that because, sure, is she one of my favorite wrestlers of all time? No, she's not. But Sacrilege. I understand why. I understand. I'm not going to call her one of the best of all time. That's I can't. I can't get myself to do that. But I can call her one of the best underdogs, one of the best baby faces, at least Joshi has seen. Uh, and she really helped get stardom to where they are today with what she was doing in her work. And, you know, her work is really enjoyable. She was everything you want. And unfortunately, she never got that signature win. You know, I was kind of be a dick about it. But, like, <laughs> it's unfortunate she never got that win because it would have been an amazing moment. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote down sentimental favorite. It's like if Daniel um, Bryan never got that moment. Mm, yeah, if WWE did with Daniel Bryan what they actually want him to do with him. Right. Like, Yikes. I mean, not on that scale, obviously, but for Joshi and Stardom fans, that's kind of how it felt. Jungle Kiona needed her high moment. Hi, hi, hi. And there's just too many, I mean, too many all-time greats on the list to put her that high. Um, this is kind of an odd comparison, I know, but I've heard people talk about Randy Orton being, you know, is he a top 10 all-time wrestler? I'm like, No. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Randy Orton, very good at many things, but the lo- the list of super great wrestlers is just too long to put him in the top fifty. Um, but he's top ten in. If you were to build a wrestler from the ground up, he would look like Randall Keith. He's actually number one, so I'm told in that in that category. Mm, <laughs> well, yes, it depends yes. who you listen to. But like, <laughs> there's very very good, and then there's all time great. That's just a two. It's a big distinction, and I think we know. You know, we throw around the goat stuff all the time. Like this is a goat. This is a goat. They can't all be the goat, right? Does that, doesn't it mean greatest of all time? There's a lot of goats out there. Have you walked into a farm anytime soon? <laughs> no, no. I live in, I live in the, the city. I know people think Houston and they think cowboy hats and and horses. That's not how it is. There's no goats. No goats in Houston. I mean, You're not the greatest of all time. We've Kim Olajuwon, and that's it. Um, other than that, no. I'm loving the basketball connections here. I know. We're losing a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our next two questions come to us from Kieran. Shout he starts out. off with, uh, yeah, hey, Kieran. Kieran. How you going? I've never had a conversation with you, but shout out. He says, uh, who is a Joshi wrestler from back in the day you don't think gets enough love today? That's a, that could be a long list. Um, mm. <laughs> we're going to have to narrow that down. Um, you know when Chris Jericho has that list of the moves? Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go right now. <laughs> list of a thousand and four Joshi. Them. All of them. Every Except fourth like one three. is Jungle Kiana. She's not from is back she, in the day. I was going to say. <laughs> she's guess wrestling Monday. <laughs> yeah. for, for, I was thinking further back in the day, um, yeah. personally, but. Trent, I mean, do you have someone else in mind um, from further in the past? Well, see, I'll be honest. My historical Joshi knowledge isn't as strong as it could be. So, like, there are Joshi that you guys are probably going to list. I'm going to be like, oh, okay, I'm adding her to my list, um, potentially. I'm going to shout out someone who's not super back in the day, but I think is an important part of stardom's kind of mid-period when the three Don't of them were going. And this isn't the all-time draft, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm going to shout out Yoko Bito. 
Damn it. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, okay, like, she's not Man. back in the back in the day. and But, like, when everyone looks at that time period of stardom, it is all about the freedom. It's Mayu, it's Io, it's Kairi. And I think, because that was, that was me when I first got into it. That were the three I was focused in on. But the reality is, was there was some serious strength still in that promotion outside of them. And unfortunately, Yoko Bito just seems to be a name that's kind of fallen off the list. Because obviously, Kagetsu kind of rose up and was able to do great things. You've got people like Chris Wolf and Hiromi Mamora who maybe you didn't get Ashino the goat. Big, pardon? I said, you Ashino the goat. Just yes, me. yes. Um, shout, shout him out. Yeah, shout, shout him out as he is now. Um, but, you know, you're looking at these people and they all kind of made their niche and, you know, people still look back on them fondly. I think Yoko Bito, like, you just don't see her name mentioned anymore. And it is a real shame because she might not have been the biggest star, but mm-hmm. she was doing great work and stardom wouldn't look as it was back then if you didn't have her holding down the fort and working with them and putting on great matches. Mm. So you got your, your idea stolen, Scott? I got two more. It's okay. It's okay. okay. That's my number one because I love Yoko. I think she's awesome. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go with a back in the day and I'm going to go with a now. So you, you think of all the AJW greats, you know, Aja mm-hmm. Kong, Hokuto, pretty much all the people Alex named plus a couple <laughs> more, you know, but those are the main three. And then you get Satomura who gets a lot of credit mm-hmm. um, and so on and so forth. One that I had is Takako Inoue. I think she's fantastic uh, from, Mm. you know, her work back then. And she didn't even get as much credit as like Kyoko Inoue, which there's no relation, but they were a tag team. Uh, I think she's awesome. One of my favorite Joshis uh, from back then. So definitely her. She came to mind. But to give a start from a more recent reference, I think Natsuki Tayo deserves all the credit Mm. in the world. High speed greatness. That's what she was. She like is the, you know, a lot of people are loving the high speed division now. What Azumi's doing and Starlight Kid and Natsupoi and Koguma, but that belt, that belt is important, and it's because of Natsuki Taya. Watch any of her old defenses, you're gonna just sit there and be like, that this is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> There's a reason I picked her in our Stardom draft. It's because she really is an all-time stardom wrestler, but it goes beyond that. Uh, you could see her in Seedling. She's a referee now. She has a lot of fun. She doesn't do what she was doing back then, obviously, but I think she deserves so much credit. And as more fans of stardom go into the archives, you're going to have to check her out. She had awesome matches with a lot of your favorites and a lot of others that we haven't talked about. She had a great, great match with Kaori Oniyama. A great match. Who's another option, by the way? She's obviously still wrestling, so it's a different conversation. But peak Yoniyama deserves a lot of credit, too. Um, you, I thought you were going to steal my answer when you said Inoue. Um, but I was going to say Kyoko. Because when you talk AJW from the 90s, mm-hmm. it's always Minami Toyota, Akira Hakuto, Aja Kong. Those are, the, yeah. those are the folks that get the the buzz and the names, the, the recognition. It's true. But Kyoko was right up there with them, like in terms of talent. Um, and one of the best tag team wrestlers that I've ever seen. Uh, I would go recommend she wrestled Manami Toyota, wrestle, wrestle Marine Piad 1992. I think that's a five-star special from, from Meltzer, but um, 10 stars in my heart. I'll tell you right now. What was the date? Oh, it's a 92. Um, yeah, it was. Oh, you got it. Oh, you're faster than me. 
It was a five plus plus plus. Oh, also, oh, Daddy Meltzer had a different scale for back then. Yeah, I think that was before he was given out. Uh, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he was he was giving out sixes back then, so I don't really know. <laughs> but that's so what it has written down. Could have been a seven. Could have been an eight or something. Ba- basically, him saying, "I don't really want to give it more than a five star because he's probably given so many out." But actually back then, okay, we're going to go on a little, little, little segue here. Uh, but I've, I've went through his five-star matches because I have like this goal in my, in my mm. life to watch every five-star match he's given. And back then he gave maybe four or five a year, maybe. But I mean, for like with that in mind, like he's going to be far more stringent on what actually reaches there. Cause I do feel like yeah. it has, being now like he's, like he's less inclined to hold off on giving the five. Not saying that the matches don't deserve them, but like if a match was borderline, I think he's more inclined to go, yeah, give that a five or even jumping over right, the five right. star limit. Um, no, yeah, back then, right. I think maybe he was a bit more hesitant to mm-hmm. go above and beyond the typical rating scales. But yes, listen to Ryan's thing it was five star, yes. five plus plus plus. Yeah, <laughs> that sells you. <laughs> so you know, it's at least pretty good. Like, let's start there. Um, but there's like so, there's so many, and also I want to cheap plug. Uh, I wrote an article about Megumi Kodo, Kudo, yeah, and, that's a good um, just all her barbed wire matches and the, the blood and the emotion. She definitely doesn't get enough love uh, mm. for certain circles. You know, I mean, the deeper you go into Joshi world, then yes, but yeah. sort of uh, casual Joshi fans, maybe not. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that a lot. And it was a good article then, too. Okay, well, there we go. Hear me out here. Hear me out here. But I do think one that won't get enough love in, say, five years okay. is a Tsukasa Fujimoto. I don't think she will get nearly enough love. And mm. I think it's just because Joshi's really heating back up now. Mm. Really heating back up. And I don't know if she's going to come back. I think she could be in that conversation of deserving. She probably is already, truthfully. You know, because we all... People talk about the best re- women's wrestlers in the world. She's been in that conversation for years now. So look, you know, look all those guys up, or girls up. Um, the internet is a wonderful thing. We have access to all these matches and stuff. So um, dive right in. We have another question from Kieran. Which Joshi wrestler could I meet that would make you the most jealous? Yeah, he's having fun. <laughs> They're all coming to Britain and he's getting to go to the shows. Print. Yeah, uh, mine is obvious. Um, if he met me, you must uh, before I did, um, he doesn't even does he even know? Does he even care? Right? It's not fair. See, see, this is my answer to the question because I think like the obvious answer maybe for all of us is if he met Mayu Watani. You know, definitely for Scott. Um, if he met Mayu Watani, <laughs> I won't give an obvious answer for yeah, fun. But like, because the thing is, for me, like I know Kieran's a bit. You know, he really likes Mayu as well. Like, if you ask him what his favorite women's wrestler is, Iwatani is probably the answer. Um, for me, what would really hurt is if it's someone that comes across kind of like in that Miyu Master who he's aware of but maybe doesn't realize how good they are. And it's like, mm. oh, cool. Yeah, you're a good wrestler. Yeah. And we're sitting over there going, oh, what? You met her. <laughs> and I think there's a very real opportunity. This will happen because Takumi Aroha is going over there. And oh, I've seen a little bit of her work, like doing the on this day gifts for stardom and stuff. But I don't think he realizes just how good she is. And I've yeah. been sort of telling him and another couple of wrestling crew who live in Britain who might be going to see her. So seriously, you don't realize what you could be seeing in her. 
Yeah, Asuka slash Fenny's going as well. They're kind of aware of her a little bit. But Takumi, she flies under the radar of so many people who aren't diving into the Joshi level as much. So Aroha is probably my answer. A, because, you know, maybe doesn't realize how good. And B, because it's probably going to bloody happen. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, I guess I'll answer. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say Mayu. Mayuki? I guess nothing would really bother me. Takase? Oh, that would probably bother me. No, <laughs> <laughs> I love Nothing's going to bother me. What about um, Oh, that would annoy me. Uh, there's well, when I'm thinking about it, uh, I Momo would probably bother the shit out of me. Uh, okay, that would bother me a lot. <laughs> Shuri, because I think Shuri's awesome. I love mm. Shuri. Uh, I guess well, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna name all stardom wrestlers. I'm trying to think of like a <laughs> non stardom wrestler, but like, the whole guys, of the roster. You guys brought me into the into the conversation. I think Miyuki is definitely probably the top one outside of star. Oh, you know, which one could really get Trent? If he just in case he wants to know, uh, Mesa Ruga, I bet that would really uh drive mm. Trent up a wall a little yeah, bit. Obviously, I'd really like to meet her and stuff. Um, very realistic, actually. I can see her going over to Britain at some point, not as much as some of the others. Like, you know, I'd probably actually be more annoyed with Cheer because, again, you know, I think Kieran realizes May's got a ton of hype around her. Cheer, not as much, but like, I be crazy just to be in the presence of that kind of energy um but yeah makito too for me by the way that, that bothered the crap out of me that could that. happen as well yeah yeah that's very possible it's okay. a lot of ways to hurt us okay we gotta Good move to, to england apparently to see all this amazing <laughs> joshi well i'm me i never mind <laughs> uh, who, who are you seeing sorry soon i am seeing me Masha, so ah. in, in jersey huh yeah. 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 I'm going to church, man. <laughs> but they gave me Takeshita too. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that happened after you bought the tickets. It's like, what a bonus <laughs> prize. I was like, I don't even care who Yamashita wrestles. I just want to mm. see her wrestle. I don't, she could have wrestled a stick. And I wouldn't have cared. She could have did the uh, DDT doll that I don't know the name of. <laughs> Yoshihiko, respect the name. I'm good. Moving okay. on. <laughs> well, uh, he, he let's can see. The doll. You can meet the doll. Let me open another one of these. He probably has met at least one of the cousins of the doll. <laughs> well, we'll have to ask. Not implicating you, Kieran. <laughs> it looks like uh, Tokyo Cyberfunk, aka Dan, has asked us, why hasn't Saki Kashima held a singles belt yet? And how long before she finally gets what she deserves and wins one? Mm. Who's going first? There's a lot of sass in that question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so... It's very difficult because I think Saki Kashima's best chance to have won a singles championship was probably when she was first reintroduced into stardom because the roster wasn't quite as defined as it is now in the hierarchy. There was a lot of flux and a lot of opportunity. And even then, like, she was getting some chances to shine, but she never really got put in that big role. And unfortunately, the biggest role she's ever been given uh, drew historically low numbers in Kurokan Hall history. She faced Mayu Watani in a singles match and they drew zero people. It was crazy. Mm. Um, obviously, no people gates, that doesn't count. But That's with six right there. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, look, Saki Kashima is incredibly talented, but right now, the stardom mid card and upper mid card is just so ridiculously chonkers with talent. And I think people that are higher on the pecking order to get there because of their potential future positions. 
And I think you look at someone like Sakin, she seems to have a bit of injury trouble. And yeah, I, I don't think she's going to retire immediately soon, but I don't think it's necessarily someone they're planning on building around long, long no. term. I could see her maybe getting a high-speed title run. And I was wondering maybe maybe an SWA title run, depending on the foreigner situation and depending on where they want that title situated in terms of prestige. But unfortunately, if you ask me, will she win the white belt? Will she win the red belt? I'm going to have to say no. Yeah, don't, don't put your money on that. No, hmm. that's, a, that's a hell of a take that she won't win either of the top two belts. Saki <laughs> 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 Kashima, the reason she's great is because she is so good at her role. That's why mm. she's great. You can plug her into anything anything we thought last year when konami got sick they plugged saki kashima into that swa title match against shuri it was really good really entertaining it got one of japan voted on favorite starter matches of the year it was on the list Mm. it wasn't even supposed to happen Mm -hmm. saki kashima is great at filling roles i'm so happy she's in the five-star grand prix because her role is phenomenal She's going to get two upsets. One of them, hopefully, is Mayu Iwatani because I never want that to change. Yeah. But she's not, a, she doesn't need to be a champion, right? Like, here's here's a discussion to bring up Jungle Kiona again. Jungle Kiona should have been a champion. I didn't she do it this been. time. She had a shot, right? She should have, she probably could have had even a three month reign as white belt champion. That yeah. would have been fine. Saki Kashima, she is so good at whatever role they put her in that it's almost like she's too good to ever get elevated, right? Because when you're so good at being, I've talked to Saki Kashima fans before about this. She's that glue that you put, that you have on the roster. You can plug her into anything. She'll fill up any holes and she'll give you a good performance. She's just not a champion. Like, she's not a top champion. I, I'm with Trent. Yeah, if you want to give her a nice little SWA run or high speed, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and I think it would be an emotional moment if she mm. got one of those. You know, we watched her cry when Mayu got, obviously. So just imagine the other way if she got a title reign. Is it possible to win one of those? Yes. Mm. Do I expect it? No. They just have too much going on in this roster right now. They have so many people that need to be champions eventually that it's just, you know, like Trent said, she's kind of at the end of her road, not at the end, obviously she could wrestle another five, six, seven years. If she wanted to, because again, she's so good at what she does, but yeah, we I, don't know where she's going. So yeah, I don't yeah. think the title happens, but she's very, very good at what she does. I don't have anything to add because you guys nailed it. Um, it's just too stacked. Like, Thanks, man. like who are you going <laughs> to, who are you going to put her over? Like, there's too many options. Uh, sorry. And, sorry, and Saki fans. Don't hot shot the belts either. And mm-hmm. outside of sometimes the artist championship. And you yeah, and that's the biggest issue. Like you've got this massive catalog of people who arguably should be a champion. Um, Jungle Kerner was one of them. But like <laughs> yeah, you look at oh, I feel like the average red and white belt reign is nearly, if not a hundred uh, uh, full year. And especially at the moment, like the, the World of Stardom champion tends to win it at the end of the year and hold it through to the end of the next year. The White Belt Championship's kind of similar, even if the timing's off a little bit at times. Yeah. So it's not like you're running through three or four new champions a year. You're lucky mm-hmm. to get one new champion a year. 
Um, so like there's such a big list of people there to get into that list of champions is it's tough, man. It's not WWE. Not everyone gets a title run. Yeah, and she doesn't need it. Like you, you were mm-hmm. saying, Scott, like she has her role. She plays it well. And that role is I mean, to beat my titleless, titleless role. Um, oh yeah. Um, you know, speaking of Grand Prix, we have a question here. Who do you want Suzu Suzuki to face? In the five-star Grand Prix. <laughs> I know Scott has some thoughts. The answer cannot be all of them. I'm just I barring understand. that. I'm barring that's, that the, that's the real answer, but we can also I really am one. not asking for Suzu versus Mina Shirakawa, I promise. Uh, let's not waste her matches, please. Thank you. Okay. Here's the Mina Slayer. Wow. Now, obviously, Julia is at the top of the list. Unprovoked. Of Duh, because that's going to happen. That match is a guarantee. Yes, yes, yes. Specifically, though, I want that match to happen on the final day. Yeah. Whether it's for Julia to get there or, hell, let's get crazy make it the final. Like, that's what I want. I want that to be the final day match. So that's a must. Uh, other Suzu matches, give me Suzu versus Azumi. I don't need to ask. I just, please. Like, that, obviously, the styles... The excitement and what that would be instantly. Yeah, let's do that. And then one more that I've thought about, because again, like Trent said, I can't say the whole roster, but come on, the answer is the whole roster. Uh, I think her and Momo would be fantastic. Yeah. Violence of those two going head to head. Oh, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. Like that, that is something I've been thinking about. Like, do you want pure crazy violence to main event say i don't know maybe they do uh the eddie Anosaka arena number two that's a good main event for that show you put that on there and we're gonna get a lot of great great suzu suzuki matches and no matter what they put in her block it's gonna be worth the time absolutely i love a good momo um insertion there um and before trent possibly steals my answer <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sh- shove mine in here. Um, I think it'd be really interesting against Tekla. A very mm. similar uh, thing that, that Scott said about style. Like the quickness plus the violence. Just, we just haven't seen that. And then, you know, Tekla's connections to, to Julia, obviously. So there's some story tie-in. Um, I think that's going to be a show stealer at some point down the road. But she's gonna have a lot of those. But uh, you know that's, that's mine. happened before in Ice Ribbon. Yes, happened last year actually. Well, shows shows what I know. But it happened in the Ice Ribbon Dojo. So, yeah. oh, I think you're asking for a bigger stage. Which and you've got obviously. the far better story there as well um, mm. with the, the connection with Julia Donna Del Mondo. They did yeah. fight briefly in the um, World Climax yeah. tag match and stuff. So. I also think Tekla is a better wrestler now. Yeah, I agree. She's on a roll. Yeah, yeah. So, so go, for me, my first answer was stolen by Scott. Um, but to me, it's the obvious one. It's Azumi. Um, I want yeah. to see the two people I lift up as the prodigies of wrestling finally going head to head so we can see who is the ultimate prodigy in Joshi right now. We'll get a draw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it will happen probably. It's Rossi. Um, I also, though? I'll sign up for hmm? that. 20 yeah. minutes of uh, them just mm-hmm. going nuts. Give it to me. Um, I mean, Julia is going to happen. Uh, I just hope it's not the only time because uh, look, I'm not going to go on the tangent now because I will take 20 minutes to do it. 
but Stardom need to book their singles non-title feuds better. And Julia Suzuki is a singles non-title feud. If they blow it off at the five-star Grand Prix and forget about it, I'm going to be pissed. Give that a it's proper grudge match. It's the best uh, non-title story going in Stardom. Yeah, yeah, but like I don't trust their booking in term with that setup. I don't trust them to follow through properly on it. So don't make that your blow-off match with them. Um, Natsupoi, I really want to see her and Natsupoi go at it. I think that's going to be, you know, Natsupoi is probably the uh, unsung MVP of stardom this year right now. Uh, I think their styles gut meshing will be brilliant. And if I can continue on the Donna Del Mondo train, yes, I'm a little bit biased, but give me Himika versus Suzu. Very few people work the style uh, size differential better than Himika. Um, and I think you've got an incredible story to tell with Himika's strength and power and deceptive speed up against Suzu Suzuki, speed, agility, and deceptive power. So they're the three matches I'm most excited to potentially see in the five-star Grand Prix. So we kind of did name all the, all, the whole roster, but... Um, I didn't say Mayu. No one said Mayu. Well, okay. Like, well, that goes without saying, right? Yeah, like, it does. Um, <laughs> Mayu's the answer for every question we ask. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we're gonna head to Tokyo Joshi for the next two questions. I'm gonna still use my Watani as an answer. Okay, so we'll try. <laughs> um, this comes Fred. from Anthony Glass. He says, "What's the biggest money match Tokyo Joshi could put on right now?" Clearly, um, my Watani. <laughs> well, un- unlikely happen. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the lead on this. I have some- you're our main TJPW guy. And I, I think half the answer is uh, is easy. Yamashita is, is the half of it, right? Like your biggest star, your best wrestler. Mm. But then you're like, who do I put her up against? She's fought everybody else. Shoko, Yuka, those are all good matches, but those are not money matches. I think you have to go outside of Tokyo Joshi and you can't just pull... And Sasha Banks walks in the door, right? <laughs> um, you have to be realistic about it. And Hikaru... Uh, Shida has been around and they're teasing that match. Mm. That's the money match right now. Like that's the realistic big star from another promotion. It's fresh. Um, and then they just tear down the house. So I, I think that's where you go. Yeah. That, that's what I had written down. I think that's the match that is a feasible that they can actually run for the reasons you described Ryan. And also just in terms of like, people are going to be interested to see what they do with it. Because obviously Yamashita is still the ace of Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, Shida's got a lot of attention because of her work with AEW. And I think it's the kind of match that can draw people's attention uh, uh, from America that maybe don't know Tokyo Joshi that well. If they've heard rumblings of what Yamashita is capable of and know what Shida is capable of, I think it's the kind of match that will get people to go, okay, I'm going to give this TJPW a go. Let's see what they're all about. And I think, yeah, it would do gangbusters. Scott, you have a different one? Oh, I sure do. This is where my problems with TJPW come into conversation. And it's not because I don't want to like what they do. I do like what a lot of things they do. And obviously, a lot of them come with Miyu Yamashita, who, yes, is in my match. The biggest (laughs) money match you have. And they had it. They did it. But they didn't do it correctly. So you have it still in the bank. Miyu Yamashita first has to be the pop champion. Okay. First and foremost, has to be that pop champion. And then Maki Ito has to beat her. Maki Ito has not been able to beat Miyu Yamashita. That is the biggest story going. 
in TJPW. It's the one that I care about the most, the one a lot of people care about the most, to check that company out. That is the money match if you want to talk about just in the promotion. Me, you and Yamashita not being able to take down Maki. Maki finally getting that moment over her tag team partner. I really thought Bristol Princess 2 was going to be it. It wasn't. That's fine. That's fine. But I don't, and I still will never understand why going to Shoko Nakajima was somehow the better decision. That's not a mm. shot at Shoko, but you had the story. You had people invested, and you didn't do it. So, yeah, if you go back to it, great. But Maki Ito is on the brink of being Naito. That's what's happening here, truthfully. Yeah. And you don't want that. You don't want Who's that. Who's going to canter her moment. celebration when she does get there? Well, I have an idea for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next question. On the, I, have, I have a thought. Ooh. But, I mean, Scott is, I mean, is totally right. That is, the, that is the track you need to go on. Like, let's get this. I mean, all props to Shoko, but let's get this off of her. Back onto Yamashita. Because the story you need to tell is Maki finally getting up that mountain. If she beats anybody else for that title, it's not going to be the same. How long do you think they need Miyu to hold the belt for again before they pull that mm. trigger? Because obviously, they ha- if they're going to run this story, they have to get the belt back to Yamashita. And I feel like if they use her as a transitional champion, you lose a lot of Five or six value. Minutes. Five or six? Okay. Yeah. So I'll, then, of course, you got the I'll problem is... Yeah, she's still Yamashita. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you don't need a big long range from her, but you do need her to hold it for a bit. That's to a have good point. That story going. Yeah. So then the danger is how long until they can get it back to Yamashita yeah. to then tell that story. I don't think Maki Ito's star is going to dim anytime soon, but you run the risk of, you know, with the Naito story of just waiting that little bit too long and not getting the true impact. They should have done it at Grand Princess. They should have, hmm. and they didn't. And it saddens me to this day because that was just, it was the moment. Yes, they had one of the best matches all year last year, but it would have been maybe the best if you had the right result. And it will bother me until they fix it. <laughs> okay, I think our thoughts are going to overlap for this next question from mm-hmm. Zafon Lamora. They asked, thoughts on the criticism against TJPW for having a stagnant main event scene and who would you push from the undercard to breathe life into that area? Speaks a lot to what we're talking about. Um, Trent, do you have any thoughts there? I, I, I feel like it has to be noted because as someone who's a casual TJPW fan, like I'm, I don't watch it religiously, um, it feels like the only matches that are really highlighted um, as being big money matches tend to revolve around the same couple of people. Mm-hmm. Um, in saying that, I think TJPW, TJPW have a good opportunity with this, with all their wrestlers starting to do international tours. You've got Yamashita going off, you've got Ito going off, Sakazaki basically being sitting by the call waiting for AEW to say, we need you for one match. Um, Mm -hmm. And then flying off to Japan, uh, flying away from Japan. But it's not the, like you look at stardom in 2020 when they had the, they lost all of their main events scene by Mayu Watani. It's not the same situation. They can still keep one or two of their top stars in that main event scene as they give these other ch- uh, wrestlers a chance to, to wrestle in this spot. And they know that, okay, if these guys don't draw as well as they could, in a month or two, we're getting our big uh, all our big names back and we can run another big show with the old reliable and still get the safe picks. Um, in terms of who I think could, 
uh, be sort of selected as the next batch. I think the two names that stand out for me that I'm interested to see would be Hikari Noah and Miyu Watanabe. Um, Watanabe is in the four-way at the Cyber Fight show, so already kind of getting that sort of little bit of a chance to shine in maybe not the big main event, but showing that we think you could be a future player. Um, they're the two that probably draw my eye most as a casual fan, but I'd like to see them given some chances to grow into that spot. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts. I agree with it, um, but I think they've got a good chance in the next year or two to really fix that issue. Trent, you're you're a smart man. Those are the those are two up and comers. You, you got to put some focus on. You got to give them some stories. You got to give them some momentum, like some direction, because those are people you can build around. Um, but I do have a different answer. <laughs> I think once Maki Ito gets the belt, like you got to do that. I think Yuki Arai is the person to to knock her off and kind of flip the roles of, you know, Maki Ito, like struggling to beat Yamashita, struggling to beat her, and then finally, you know, conquering her. It's been the reverse where Maki has been taking Yuki down since even the DDT Iron Man heavyweight days. Mm. Um, and now you flip that role, the big pop star, the big idol. There's always, there's always that failed idol versus successful idol dynamic is awesome. Plus Yuki is like, she's a real deal star already. So I think you build her for an, a year or so, and then you crown her. That's, that's where I'm going. I, I know that's going to piss off some, there's some very anti Yuki folks in the scene, but what are we doing? Big, she's a star. Like, am I, am I, am I missing something? All Scott, right, are you, are you with I'll me? Change it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think, well, obviously she's a star. She's very popular idol. But uh, she does have that presence about her. And the more and more she learns how to wrestle, the better she'll be. And the re- So I like your idea of, you know, if we started from today and in a year she wins that title, I think that's really good. I think it's really smart. Because I think she'll be absolutely ready by then. Uh, I like, obviously, Trent's picks. I think Miu is the number one pick if we were to ask the Joshi field that followed TJPW, I really do think Mia would probably be number one. Uh, I'll give a few different choices to change it up. Uh, off the top of my head, I think Suzume can fit that role. Yeah, now we're talking. Very talented. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about like one of the actual best in-ring folks there. She's getting better and better. She's had a lot of change. You know, she was a team with Mariah Mayumi, if people don't know, that's Mariah of stardom, obviously. Mariah leaves. She makes this team with Arisu Endo, who's another choice. Obviously, she's still she's only a year plus into her career, but she's very good. She has a lot going for her. So those are two options. And then my out-of-left-field option, if, if, if she goes all in on wrestling, and I'm not saying right now, but you want to talk about that year thing, I think Jury and Nagano can be special. I really do. She has that background, mm-hmm. obviously, with the black belt in karate. She's very popular already because, you know, she's got the TikTok, like, that's up to, like, a million followers, and she's a nurse, and she's wicked smart, you know, all these things, all these things. So she's someone that comes to my mind, and I joke with some people, like, yeah, she should be in the main event now. And I'm only half joking because, obviously, she still needs to learn how to, like, put her kicks in because you know she doesn't understand she doesn't fully get wrestling yet. like listen they're gonna take it just kick them as hard as you want because you have the skill i think give her some seasoning obviously because 
She hasn't been doing it for a while. And I said this with Yuki Urai too. If she wants to do this, she can be great at it because she's a star mm-hmm. much like Yuki Arai is. Okay. I think we have some excellent building blocks there. Like if, if you're booking this company, Miyu, Hikari, Suzume, and Yuki, to me, those are the four you peg and you say, let's, let's ride that, that ship. It's, um, it's also fair to say like Mizuki's never won the top title. Okay. She has to there. be option number one, two, three, and four. She's won the princess cup but she's never actually won the top title because they only go between four people and shout out Rika Tatsumi. She's the best, but like, that's, that's the thing there. It's like, I love Rika Tatsumi. I think she should get more shots. Hopefully she gets that shot at uh what's it called? Cyber, Cyber fight Club. festival. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good spot, but that's my whole thing here. It's like, you have all these people, but you go back to the same four. Is it four? Mew, Yuka, Shoko. Are you counting? You're not counting Mike, Mike Ito, are you? No, no. Well, she never got it, so no. So it's well, I mean, I th- three. I thought you meant in like sort of, you know, top of the card. Oh well, yeah, she's at the top of the card, but like, mm-hmm. I need, I need that title. You gotta get that top title. Mm-hmm, I can only mm-hmm. think of those three, so it's like that's bad. I don't want to. It, it's really, it's those three and Maki. If you're talking about main eventing, yeah, yeah, big, big stuff. Um, right. But yeah, title wise, you take Maki off as well. Okay, let's um head to Daz. I'm trying to get this name right. Dazza Loves Movie. Ask oh us. You know this person? Okay. Yeah, I had him on the um, Hana special. Actually. Excellent. Oh, um, what do you think has been lost in wrestling as a whole with foreign wrestlers not coming to Japan very much in the last few years? So we can, we can that's an all of Japan question, but we can focus on the Joshi side of things. Mm. Uh, Trent, any, any big thoughts there? Uh, yeah, so... I think the biggest thing that's been lost here a is lot of nothing. <laughs> uh, Western wrestler growth. Um, like having watched Stardom pre-pandemic and now, I don't think they've lost a whole lot by not having um, a couple of wrestlers coming in and doing a tour for a month and doing mostly uh, shows, uh, doing undercard matches and not really getting used much unless they need to sacrifice someone to an EO Shirai <laughs> white belt reign or an SWA match. Um, I don't think a lot has been lost there. What has been lost is these Western wrestlers coming in and growing and learning in this system and becoming better performers and better wrestlers, mm-hmm. but also looking at your long-term stays. So your B Priestleys, your Jamie Haters, your Chris Wolfs, who had a chance to properly grow into the system and grow with the wrestlers there. I think you look at people like Decler, who was there over the pandemic, and if you're going outside of Joshi and Chris Brooks, they stand out so much because they've spent such an extended time there and not only gained the appreciation of the fans for being there during the pandemic and working their butts off, but they've been able to truly integrate into the wrestling scene there and become not just a part of the fixture, but feel special and feel like their work. Um, with the pandemic now, with, with things easing up, you've got a chance for wrestlers to come over and do that. I think that's what could be regained by this. I don't really care if you get some American indie wrestler come over to do a month tour and be in the first and second match and basically just be, be there because, oh, look, they're white or, oh, they're not Japanese. <laughs> I don't care about that. But when they commit their long-term and can properly grow with the company, that's when it gets interesting. Scott, you you kind of thinking the same thing? Yeah. Uh, I think the best example is the best 
women's indie wrestler right now spent a year plus in Japan. That is Masha Slamovich. She learned from Marvelous, and now we see her, and I think it's agreed upon by many that she is the best on the scene now. That's the reason she is fighting Miyu Yamasha. There's a reason she's teasing that match with Takumi Roja at West Coast Pro, because she's the one, right? And now let's be honest. Not everyone's going to go over and become Miyu, uh, Masha Slamovich. That's, that's not happening. I said Masha Slamovich, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I have Miyu Yamasha in my head because she just wrestled. She's wrestling her. Well, not uh, everyone can be Miyu sure Yamasha the right person. Yeah. No, no one could be me, Masha. Uh, so it's asking a lot, obviously. But we're getting, I think what's really good is we're kind of getting the opposite now. We're getting Takase and Yamashita and Sakazaki and Emi Sakura. We're, they're over here now. And Emi mm-hmm. Sakura being in AEW, yes, we can all complain we don't get to watch a wrestling unless we watch AEW Dark. Absolutely fair complaint. But she's teaching these wrestlers in AEW how to be better. Like she's working with the likes of a Jade Cargill, and we know that's doing wonders. As is Brian Danielson, so you know, not a bad teaching core there. But that's to me the good part of how it's opening up now is that we're getting it the reverse. But obviously, I think it is the teachings, like Trent said, and also I think this is this, this might sound mean. But we've now become accustomed to what a stardom is without the Westerners. And Mm. it's better. It's just better. Like, you allowed this roster to become so close together because they didn't have to worry about outsiders coming in every tour. It's just you. It's just, it's a family. Everyone works together. Like, these factions are families, people. Mm. They hang out together. They work together. That's why I think everything's so close and so great right now. So I don't know if that's necessarily something that was lost, but it's something that happened. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me. Now, I understand it's going to happen eventually. We're going to have Westerners in stardom eventually. It's just going to happen. But now they can pick and choose. They didn't get to pick and choose back back then. Now they can pick and choose whoever they want because they're at that level. So there's a lot that's happened with it. But like on a stardom level, they can pick and choose. Obviously, TJPW is having over... Uh, Ryo, is it R H I O? I yeah. believe her name is. Yeah, from Eve. Uh, so we're seeing it, we're seeing different people come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's exciting. It's just, I don't think if, if we're going basically stardom, a lot has changed with this happening, and now they're they're truthfully better for it. Yeah, um, I, I just had kind of specific thoughts. We lost, um, some potential, a cool rain. Thunder Rosa came into t- Tokyo Joshi. She won the International Princess Championship, and then, and then COVID hit, mm-hmm. and then she like, didn't do anything with it, and then she never came back. Um, so it's kind of a, a really interesting what if. What would a Thunder Rosa Tokyo Joshi like a good, nice run look like? We lost Jamie Hayter as SWA champion as well. Um, that happened, and then COVID hit, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. never got a chance to defend that title. Um, and obviously now, like you're seeing her sort of hint at a, you know, I want to face Utami again. Um, and, you know, two years removed, that would be even better than it was when she beat her for the SWA title. So, yeah, so this is one of the, yeah, the one in many what ifs that happened in a crazy couple of years. Okay. Um, I got a, I got a question for you that might rub you a, 
a wrong way. Mullery14 says, why is Odatai such a boring faction? Trent? Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Whoa. No, sorry, Trent. I'm going first. Guys, going. <laughs> not. He said it. It was. I'll admit that it was. Okay. Oedo Tai was a dead faction before Starlight Kid joined. They were the heels that got disqualified and used weapons and didn't have real matches. They did it. They did it. I'm going to admit that. It was a problem for a lot of people. That was the only problem in Stardom. They didn't have an identity. Once Kagetsu left and Hazuki left, no offense to Tora. But they just didn't have that identity. They weren't interesting. They weren't having great matches like they can. The Everything flipped. They weren't doing promos either, which just takes so much away from the character. Now, with Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe at the helm, it's a different beast. It's like the young kids that are just kind of running roughshod on the promotion, and it's so much more enjoyable. I can understand if you found it boring, because truthfully, Starlight Kid and Momo just got to be comfortable as a, one a team but two in their new skin starlight kids yeah. in there for now but momo specifically it took a while to get like okay how do i become this heel how do i be this character she's there now and she has as much potential as ever to be a top champion because of it i don't think they're boring i think it just took a, some time to get to where they need to be which is where they are now Obviously, their lower ends are lo- are weaker than other groups. Like comparing them to stars and DDM is not very fair, okay? Or God's Eye, like it's not fair. But I think they're better than the Cosmic Angels right now, without a doubt. Like not even a question. So it's like that kind of conversation. It's like, yeah, if we're gonna compare them to DDM, it's not fair. DDM was a super team until Sherry said, "Okay, I'm done. I'm bored. I'm moving on." Like that's that's just the truth. So. It took time. I think they're there now. They have a great aesthetic about them. They feel cool. They look cool. I think they're really good. And I look forward to what they do now. I didn't do that for a while, but now I do. I, I, I've been on the Oedo Tide is back train for quite a while now. Because um, I do agree, like, yeah, mid to late 2020, uh, what Oedo Tide was, was not good um, and I don't put that on Nata Katora because I think she was put in a role that she wasn't fully prepared for and then had everything stripped away from her because at the time I went Otai also included B Priestley and Jamie Hayter who were both being pushed as kind of your big wrestling stars for that group when they came back after COVID it was just her Saki Kashima and Natsu Samir and they stopped doing the the comedy stuff which takes away Natsu Samir's best strength and so they were struggling to find something to do, find an identity. But yeah, I agree now. I think they've got that identity. I think the biggest issue Oedo Tai has is that storytelling has not favoured them in a long time. As Scott mentioned, they took away the pre-match promos, which is essential for telling the characterization stories. Now that you've got them back, you're getting it. You're seeing them in the press conferences. Young Oedo is just having a ball, like at the press conference when they're facing Cosmic Angels and New Blood 2. That was brilliant. You got so much character there. And then you've got the issue of a lot of their wrestlers just aren't being given the chance to shine. Every other group has a dedicated main event person or two that you can put in and make them feel important. With Aweto Tai, Natsukatora was getting to that spot and then she got injured. 
They're not quite ready to pull the uh, pin on Starlight Kid being your big, big main eventer. Momo Watanabe obviously hasn't quite been put in that role either. And because I'm coming, coming back to it, I mentioned it earlier, stardom don't really know how to tell grudge match stories. Yeah. You're pulling the legs out of every opportunity. What they did with that Queen's Quest and Oedo tie story was garbage. Utter garbage. They started off well. Kurokan Hall, Momo Watanabe put Azumi on the shelf for a month by sticking a wrench in her uh, kick pads and then nailing her with a punt. The story that then tell. Hmm? I don't think it's over. I just think it's on the back burner. It's on the back burner, but it's not going to have the same impact because the story to tell was Momo betraying mm-hmm. the group that she led. If you then go back to it in a year's time when, say, Nasa Katora is back, which I think is what they're doing, you've lost all the energy behind that story and you've got to you know, start the engines back up. But they had that big story where they could have then told Momo, you know, going hard at uh, Queen's Quest. They had the big main event match, Utami versus Momo, turned it into a tag match that then was just kind of chucked in the, the undercard and meant nothing really. The whole point was, oh, Queen's Quest, they're not really doing that much. They then build to this, you know, five-match single series, which was on a throwaway show, just one of their weekend events. There wasn't a whole lot of hype surrounding it. And they ended it in, guess what? Rossi's favourite thing, a draw. And then they buggered off and they didn't really do anything with each other. The, the final match was Azumi versus Starlight Kid for the high-speed title, which ended in them shaking hands. Where's the blood feud? Like that was begging for a big hardcore, not hardcore deathmatch style, but just, you know, hard hitting war between uh, Itami and Momo and then another maybe Momo-Azumi match on a pay-per-view, maybe third or fourth from the top, where it would have been not a title match, but a title level story that they built. But they wasted it. They threw it away. And look, yes, they can come back to it and they probably will, but it's not going to have the same impact. And that's what they do. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I hear you on that. I, I I love that this is the faction where Starlight Kid found her found her groove and this like dark side of her character, and then it's where also where Momo like did the same thing like hit a new gear as a as a character and found like another level that she didn't have. So I'm happy about that, but it hasn't fully taken advantage of these stories that you're talking about. So maybe they do. I will say. They, you know, they kind of ditched the Queen's Quest story. That sucked. Yeah, I'll admit that. But what they've done with Hazuki and Koguma has really, it was really the feud that woke Momo up for me. Mm-hmm. And it woke Hazuki up in response. It's because they have that chemistry. And really, that's what we wanted out of Utami and Momo, I think. We wanted that, but we didn't get it. And we've got, we've gotten to the point where it's kind of passed now. Um, which sucks, but it's just the truth. So I understand frustrations. I understand this, but Starlight Kid and Momo have really connected as a team. They are, you know, I would put them as a duo up against anyone, any top two right now in a faction. And that's saying a lot, but I think that's Mm -hmm. how talented they are together. Uh, Obviously Tommy and Sai is like, you know, unfair, but they, they are that level. That's Momo has been that level before. Starlight Kid's getting there. Her popularity is out of this world. We've seen it in, we literally have data that says it. So it's like, yeah, you may not find them interesting yet, but they're about to hit a groove. And they've already been on that groove, I think, since winning those tag titles initially that I'm really excited for. And I think, I think it's just a wait and see. Obviously, they, I think they need a third member, a third member for those two. Mm hmm. 
like obviously you have to Katora there. I don't know when she's coming back. She's missing the five star, obviously. Apparently, so August like, is what's being rumored. Okay, she can count, but they're like this young rebel type combo, and Tor's not that. So it's like it's weird for me, and I think there could be a split between them and Tor. And I've always thought that would be the way to go: is keep my one kid together, no matter what you do, and just do something else make them the bring rena if you want ruaka and just be that young oed as a collective unit i think that's interesting but we can move on to the next question so we can wrap this up soon (laughs) yeah i i I like that i think we should um do you have rossi's contact information yeah i I got right here i'm gonna call him right now okay (laughs) we'll get that situated we have uh, a trio of questions here from bwid72 First one is any wrestlers you'd like to see showcased on a hypothetical New Blood 3 and who would you put them in a match with? That is no longer hypothetical. New Blood 3 is, mm. is here. It's coming. Yeah. Um, Scott, do you have any uh, new folks? <laughs> you want I, I know you have several, but... I actually pitched this match to someone today because they were bringing up like, oh, who should be on it? I was like, okay, we got Eureka Oka and Cannon versus Momo Kogo and Saida. That was just the match that came to my head. I was like, that would work. Uh, there's a lot, obviously, that I would like to pick from because I think the Joshi scene obviously is wicked talented, but I think Eureka Oka would shine. Rico Kaiju, I'm going to keep pushing okay. that envelope. Let's get Rico Kaiju on there. Get her a high-speed title match, maybe. 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 Who says no? Uh, not me. I think those two, I, I keep saying Oka and Kaiju, I'm going to keep saying until I get it. Uh, I think Madeline from diana would make a lot of fans because of how unique she is in mm-hmm. the way she wrestles and she's just got a cool look and all this i think she's a great one um i'd like to see maria back i think that'd be cool i think maria's very good uh i don't expect i don't expect like a kohaku to show up or anything uh but those are the couple i came up with mm. so i'm sold okay trent uh, how about you uh, I'm just going to keep it to one name. Uh, I've been saying it since the first New Blood happened. She was injured, so she wasn't going to be able to do it. Um, I'm going <laughs> to keep pitching until it happens. Mention her name before on this podcast, but Chia Koshikawa, uh, keep the Choco Pro connection coming. I need to see her in the stardom ring being Chia Koshikawa. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent across the board. Uh, we also have outside of stardom in Tokyo Joshi Pro, which promotions are worth keeping an eye on most this summer? I have two answers. I'm only going to give one because I think that I think Scott's going to give the other one. And I want to say Sendai Girls. Um, one of the things they have going for them is accessibility. Mm. They're on the they're on YouTube. They put a lot of good matches on there, and you could just took my choice. Well, you got I what, I know the other one. The uh, you're going to say the other one, right? So, you know, he might not now out of spot. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, okay, I I got a text, so I didn't fully hear the question. But I know okay. you took my answer. You were, <laughs> you were okay. Um, outside of stardom and Tokyo yeah. Joshi, yeah. Which promotions are worth keeping an eye on most this summer? <sighs> and I'm saying Sendai because you could you could you could find all their matches easily for one. Uh, they got the top tag team in Joshi right now in Team 200 KG. That's fair. They don't yeah. like. They don't miss. They go go watch the lower card match, the mid card match, the, the all of it. It's good shit all around. Um, Scott, what's the what's my other answer that you're that you're gonna 
I You're don't take... know. There's so many companies. I mean, I okay. Think I know. I well, thought we were on the same. I thought we were in wavelength. Yeah, You're not catching no, the same. That wide. was the other one I was gonna say. <laughs> but like, I fly that Sendai girls flag like it's nobody's business. I probably okay. shouldn't fly it as much. Okay, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. okay so we got I a wolf for Sendai. I will catch too. the wave. Let's catch the wave. No, that works. That works for me because I think pro wrestling wave is very unique, as it gives you a little bit of everything. It gives you. There's literally a tournament with blocks that tells you what they give you. Mm-hmm. There's a hardcore block. There's a strong arm block. There's a kicking block. There's a comedy block. And there's a future block. They give you everything. You can't ask for much more. They have the comedy genius in Sakura Hirota, obviously. They have Suzu Suzuki coming in. They got, uh, yes, yeah, Suzu Suzuki gets brought up. But Miyaki, Miyuki Takase runs shit on both Sendai Girls and Pro Wrestling Wave. So there you go. don't be shocked here why I'm bringing her up. But Catch the Wave is happening right now. It's If you want the links, come to me. I'll give them to you. I know where they all are. Gotta go. I'm, after this, I'm going to watch their most recent show. So there you go. Catch the Wave, Pro Wrestling Wave. I think it's really worth your time because it gives you a little bit of everything. Maybe you're not going to want to watch every match on the show. Maybe you don't like comedy wrestling. I do sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, I don't want to watch this. Happens. But it gives you everything. It'll give you great matches. One of the best matches I saw all of last year was a triple threat between Sakura Hirota, Mio Momono, yes, <laughs> shocking. I, I shot her out as well, and Miyuki Takase. One of the best. And it happened in front of like maybe 100 people. Maybe. So Pro Wrestling Wave will give you those match of the year candidates. It'll give you a lot of fun. Hikaru Shida wrestled on there for like an hour nine like 40 minutes like there was that happened on that show so it's a lot of fun go check it out and since i said me a moment ago, i will also say marvelous because she's coming back soon i don't know when but she's gonna be great when she's back so you guys can steal my answers so thank you um <laughs> i'm going with two that pretty much just popped up recently i know they're not a full-on promotion but i think you've got to keep your eyes on nomads mm-hmm. um, oh yeah. yeah their first show obviously has gone really well and i think they're i think the next show is in august i think they announced so like it's not going to be heavy handed with the the product but i think there's a big reason why you should be paying attention to that and i think they're going to be really doing some good things the other one look i've been flying this flag since it first got announced uh prominence i think is definitely a promotion to watch especially if you are okay with deathmatch kind of stuff their first show was fantastic if you haven't watched it and you can handle that kind of another one this weekend right oh you put me on the spot maybe um i think yeah because um, yeah. you've got the you've got Suzu the big, versus Risa Sarah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Woo! See that match alone. If you are at all curious about prominence, watch that match. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely incredible. Oh, next weekend. Next weekend. Okay. Well, I mean, it's all irrelevant because when this podcast comes out, um, <gasps> yeah. what have you done, Scott? Oh my God, Suzu Zuki versus Tomoka Inaba is tomorrow. Okay, we're all set then. Recommendations all around. Yeah. Sorry. That's just tap. So, so, so when you hear this podcast, if you haven't watched the match that Scott just got excited for, go find it by going to Scott and saying, "Give me those black market links." <laughs> <laughs> I get excited for wrestling. I'm sorry, Sue. Okay, that's what How we do. How dare you be doing a wrestling podcast where you're excited? And we got tired. we got one final one, guys. <laughs> do any of you have any bold predictions for the Joshi landscape by the end of 2022? Uh, Scott, 
Can we start with you? Uh, can I go last? Okay. We'll, <laughs> oh, he's got a big one. The reverse. He's got a big he's got one. A, that's not true. He's thinking of one. Um, Trent. <laughs> okay, so I'm kind of I'm giving you like a two-stage one with this, even though okay. they're kind of connected. Uh, I'm predicting we're going to get more stardom performers appearing outside of stardom shows. Uh, we had Pink Kabuki uh, rocking up in Diana. We've ha- got Himika and Lady C performing in the Kenikabashi Produce show. I think that is going to continue. Um, I don't think it's just going to be wrestlers coming into, say, the Stardom New Blood shows and Stardom proper. I think Rossi's going to start being a bit more generous and sending their talent out because there's value in giving them those opportunities and sort of opening up the doors as a two-way street as opposed to a one-way street. That's my bold-ish prediction mm-hmm, because I mm-hmm. think the fact we've already seen it, um, it's not too hard to believe. I can definitely see Lady C popping up in Choco Pro. They've hinted at that a little bit. I can see that being a logical okay. step. Um, my bolder predict- prediction of that kind of thing is that we're getting a stardom wrestler in a prominence death match. Um, I don't know who it will be. I don't think it's going to be Julia. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of their big, big names. But I think I could see someone on that roster being sent over who's willing and able and keen to do it and just giving them that kind of big, intense uh, experience. Because stardom fans seem very hesitant to accept anything outside of the typical stardom norm. And that includes the kind of deathmatch style. So I think if anyone wanted to do it in stardom, they're not going to get that opportunity. It's not really something they want to approach too often. However, if you would allow them to go to, say, prominence, the people who don't want to see that can go see it, and it's a better environment for them to do that. So that's my two-stage bold-ish, bold-er combo. Okay. A minus semi-bold. I think is it bold? Are you you'd be the judge. Um, <laughs> I think Maki Ito wins the Tokyo Princess Cup again, mm-hmm. um, and then wins the Princess of Princess Championship. Maybe not by the end of 2022, but quite soon. But again, it, it won't have the same impact if it's not Yamashita on the other mm-hmm. end. But mm-hmm. I think I think we're getting a big, massive Maki Ito push uh, once again, and, and keep the story going. All right, I cook some up. <sighs> okay, you did. It's all, it's all bold, ready. What are these bold predictions? Yeah. Yes. Bold yeah. Predictions. All Put right. Your neck um, out there. Let's just start with Suzu Suzuki signed to startup right off the Ooh, bat. I'm going to okay. go as bold as possible. That's I the probably not going to happen. But, but money talks. I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. Money talks. Bushi Road, yeah, they kind of have some money. Stardom <laughs> makes a lot of money for Bushi Road. Okay. Suzu Suzuki, yeah, you know what? I'm so happy for you that you can do your freelance and you can do your death matches and yada yada yada. I know how much you love them and you want to get married and with scars on your back and whatever. Good for you. That's weird, but good for you. <laughs> Her star power is too undeniable, and I think she needs to know that. I think Stardom, Rossi, like Trent said earlier, they got the cat, they got the check ready. They're just like, if you want it, it's yours. And I think eventually. That might speak to her. Will I be right this year? Maybe not. Next year, I don't wouldn't feel bold saying. This year, I definitely feel bold, so it fits. <laughs> Another one, I think we get some sort of special New Japan stardom show announced. Mm. I've been thinking about this for a while. And, you know, Cyber Fight Festival, that's really cool. That's cool. You know, you get all three companies together, get Keiji Muto somewhere on that card, I'm sure, eventually. You know, mm-hmm. where he's Nakajima. not on it yet, but oh, he'll be on there. He'll be on there. Don't you worry. Uh, and you got, you know, Shoko and 
Yuka because creativity is clearly TJPW's favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> but Bushi Road has a new Japan that's getting hot once again. Now, I'm not going to say it's back. I mean, it's Bullet Club season, so it's not back. Let's chill out. Let's chill out. When Chase Owens has a title, it ain't fucking back. Sorry. That's my one curse word of the day, but I can't stand him. He has me blocked on Twitter, so this is okay. But a New Japan stardom show feels like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This year, maybe not, but I'm saying it gets announced. That's all I'm asking for. It gets announced. I think if you do one of those shows, remember how Wrestle Kingdom was three nights. If you want to do a third night that is bigger than what you did with Pro Wrestling Noah, you'll probably do it with AEW. But, <laughs> but, but I think a mega card where you have maybe a mixed tag of Kazuchiko Kata and Utami Hayashida versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Mayu Iwatani. Mm. You're selling money there. You're you you're not selling money. You're making money. Whatever. I, I'm all I'm all jacked up now. But like these are the things you could do. You can have a wonder of stardom title match. You can listen. I don't think Mayu or Tommy are going to be champions at the beginning of next year, which is why that match is possible. Okada might not be either, probably. So again, why it's possible? You can have world title matches, but you can have a big tag like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible that we at least get some announcement of that. Um, I think it'd be really cool too. Um, obviously, I'd like to see Stardom more on New Japan shows like they had been doing for Wrestle Kingdom. They didn't announce anything for Dominion yet, but it's possible, obviously. Uh, but I think more relationship there, that would be really cool. And I want, this isn't a bold prediction, but since this is for the rest of the year, everyone keep an eye out on the uh, Suwama-led Evolution promotion. Mm. That is coming of... Uh, there seem to be debuting at all Japan's uh, Budokan show. So I'm just saying to keep an eye out. I mean, I'm not going to say like they're going to walk in and be amazing, but I think Tsukasa Fujimoto is watching over it too. And trying to help out with mm. them. So not a bad person to learn from something to keep out for. But those are my two bold predictions because we like to go bold. I didn't have a semi bold prediction because I just couldn't think of one. Like, I don't know. I don't know where I would have went with that. Mayu Iwatani wrestles on AEW pay-per-view, maybe. Like, maybe that's one. But I think some people believe that. Uh, I think she loses her title to a relevant name. That's, I guess, one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she should. You know, you know, she should be losing to <laughs> Anna J. No offense, but it's not what we need to be doing here. So those are my predictions. I'm clearly just going to keep talking because that's what I like to do. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to come up with one more bold prediction to really give it the whammy to end the show, but I feel pretty good about those two. Actually, I was going to be funny and say Ice River and Star work together. I was like, ha ha, just kidding. That's never going to happen. But, you know, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> but we appreciate you, Scott. I think um, Shret and I's were bold light. Yeah, I think you're, well, we, were warming, we were warming up diet, to you, diet bold. sticking your flag about 100 miles out to saying, uh, we're swimming, we're swimming, boys. So you went where we, we should have gone. Um, if you guys, if you asked a question, Thank we appreciate you. you. Thank Always you. appreciate that. Um, and if you like what you heard, leave us a big fat five-star review. Subscribe. There's more to come once a month. And um, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Longest episode ever.